0: Inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran.
1: My guest today is Pat Scoggi. Pat joined Coatings Unlimited, an industrial coatings contractor, just over a year ago to lead their Minneapolis St. Paul office. He was hired as part of the firm's commitment to invest in their customers and their people. I first met Pat several years ago during his long career with a leading painting contractor, Swanson and Youngdale, where he worked for over 20 years. Bob Swanson is a dear friend of mine. and I know he's someone who's a dear friend and respected by Pat as well. My first impression of Pat was actually pretty simple. This guy gets what soft skills are all about and why they're so important. He clearly possessed all the technical knowledge and skills to do his job. What set him apart is that he conveyed through his words and actions great leadership. Built on the foundation of soft skills. His boss at Coatings Unlimited was very clear about why Pat was hired by that company. He said, We knew Pat would fill the leadership role and help us attract the talented craft folks it takes to successfully serve our customers. Pat grew up in the trades and has been in the coatings industry for over 30 years. Pat, welcome to the Soft to Seal podcast.
2: Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate you having me on. Look forward to the conversation.
1: Did I do okay with your introduction, or did I uh, make you sound like a serial painting contractor?
2: (laughs) You did make me sound like a serial (laughs) painting contractor. However, that is who I am. Frankly, I've been very lucky to work with some of the best people in the industry. And as you mentioned, um, Bob Swanson was a great mentor and is a great mentor for the trade. But beyond that, Bob really puts his heart into the people around him. And that was a lesson that was instilled in me, not just in his actions, but as you've said, in you know words beyond that, going to in the field, working with people and working with vendors and creating a team across the board.
1: Yeah. You spent 20 years with Bob at Swanson and Youngdale. I think he had left a step down from his executive leadership role before you left Swanson and Youngdale or about the same time, somewhere in that window.
2: A few years before I left, two to three years before I I left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were lucky to have all that time with him. And now you're working with a guy who I just met for the first time and having him as a guest on this podcast. I've been reading his almost daily postings on LinkedIn. He's got an active mind, he's thinking about a lot of different things. And he's a guy that I would also say, almost by virtue of the fact that during our conversation, he said different things. You may recall this, if you had a chance to listen to it carefully, there were a number of things that he said using the exact same words that I would use to talk about them. And so we had a little bit of fun with each other. Say, well, did you say that? Or did I say that? Or did I say it first? Did you say it first? But the joy for that in me was that he manifests through what he had to say and how he talked about all these different things that he too is a guy that gets it. So it's not surprising that the opportunity that you have with Coding is Unlimited was born at least in part by familiarity because you knew each other, but also by virtue of the fact without even them being spoken words, you both are on pretty much the same page as it relates to this notion of what soft skills are, whether we call them that for all this time. I didn't coin the phrase, but I introduced the phrase and connected it to the construction industry in 2019 with my book. But Bob Swanson, a great leader, gets it, has always gotten it, the way you just described it. And Steve is the same way. There's something about you that has come about by virtue of the fact that you've had now a combined total of, let's say, 20 years in total between the two of being under the watchful eye of two great leaders.
2: Yes, yes. I can't count my blessings enough to have learned the lessons I have. Watching others being part of what grew businesses into great entities that took care of their people and created a family-like environment, and it is what attracted me to coatings unlimited. Yeah. After I left Swanson Youngdale, and I was given the opportunity to work with a consulting firm to see the world through the eyes of the client, which really intrigued me. That I'd spent my career first as a field painter. Uh, Than as an office side and the estimating project management leadership, but I was from the side of the contractor, and when the opportunity came along to spend some time on the other side to see what the world was like through their eyes, I I really couldn't turn it down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And to see that the strife that they have and the struggles they have are the same, more people are in the people business, however, they're coming at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. and applying what I learned from my years with others and then working with with people who may have a little different angle um, you know engineers and constructors have a different mindset and we need each other but we're still people and to uh, to have spent a couple of years during doing that was so valuable that coming back to contracting as i when I saw codings unlimited and I saw an opportunity approach Steve with it that I think the the world needs more empathy in what we do. Mm-hmm. We're struggling in the world. We're struggling in construction, but we have the same problems. We have the labor shortages. Luckily, the material shortages seem to be waning at this point. But we're all working together to try to build something. We're doing more with less. Uh, and to bridge that gap and kind of extend an olive branch now, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But now to be back on this side, I can. Can, uh, I think I can work uh, a little better angle in helping complete a project successfully, even a difficult project. But working with the owner through a different light at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you say say a little? Can you say a little bit more specifically about what you maybe the two or three most important things you learned from that period? You were you were you were in that in that position for roughly two years. Correct. Yeah, that, that was so. Yeah, you left Swanson Youngdale. You went to this other other uh, uh, other company for about two years, and then you went on to Codings. Correct. So in that two year period, where you had this learning, what were the two or three most valuable things that you learned uh, about, as, as you said it so correctly, about the people part uh, of, of of
2: business? Uh, Dennis, being in the, in, on the contracting side, and often as the subcontractor, I had somewhat of a false vision or impression that the owners had a better idea of what they're looking for. And I don't mean this in any bad way or any judgmental way, but I did learn that um, in a lot of my work was public work. So through city public work directors and super, city superintendents, they have such a large work scope and plate that when they come to hire an engineer, a contractor, a specialty contractor, Really relying on the expertise. Now they they're working like I said. They're trying to do more with less, like the rest of us are. But the one the one big one I came across with in, in how to approach uh, my clients now is not to make a judgment call that well you should know. Well, you've hired me because we are the experts, and we do want to work with you. And then approach that on a peaceful problem solving method not going into the old contracting way of the bull of the China shop and you know and we're gonna worry and fight and all that we're, we're going to work together from the beginning and then probably more to that um, on a similar note but from the engineering side is that we have engineering and design firms that are trying to design and build things out of very little data they're told that they need to Uh, develop a wastewater treatment plant that will process so many millions of gallons of water. Well, there's nothing there for them to start with, and they have to put this together. So again, the empathy on that side of what they're working with, uh, we should not approach them as contractors that they're doing things because we're adversarial. They're making judgment calls, they're trying to design. We see things that we can help them with, and by Bringing in a maybe a vendor or a specification writer with a better idea, we should offer those up, and we should do this on a trustworthy basis.
1: Good. Um, what are the um, you know over the course of just the last several years? Um, let's let's use a time frame. A couple of years as you were finishing up at Swanson, your transitional role, and then this new position at at Codings. What have you seen over that span of five years as it relates to uh, trying to, uh, to incorporate more of, again, my term, soft skills into how relationships are developed and, and uh, forged? What, 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 what was it like five years ago? And, and what have you seen change over the last five years, hopefully in a positive way, but also if some things haven't changed or may have uh, deteriorated? What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I think that there's been a paradigm shift in about everything uh, just in the last five years. Now, granted, this is, we had a pandemic, we had material issues, but we have a generational change. We have an age gap. And I think that the critical point for myself is to start to bring forth a message very strongly, the people skills of working together, no matter who you are or what part of the puzzle you are. And that includes um, reaching out for apprentices and workers and attracting people, giving them a path. So when we meet with an apprentice, uh, we meet with a potential employee or even a a client, um, giving that message up front that we're here to be your partner, we're here to help and to listen. Which, you know as a salesperson and as a contractor is a very difficult thing at times um, I want to get my point across I want to do this I want to do that but we need to listen more to their needs and their and then offer up what we can do to help them and build a path mm-hmm.
1: so listening I talk about it often it's uh, it's an important part of the process of communication that's necessary to uh, gain understanding and build relationships, and listening is the hardest part. Um, we're just, you know, just in general, uh, most folks, regardless of their their personalities or behavioral styles, most of us are not that good at doing it. Uh, and it's, uh, and again, it's 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 a huge challenge. Uh, and I think developing uh, developing understanding of people, particularly, you touched on the notion of generational uh, differences. Uh, and we certainly are dealing with that now now roughly one third of the of the adult age workforce uh, is comprised of gen z uh and so we're 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 shifting the proportions the baby boomers are continuing to decline to uh to to, to the grave uh, but that's yeah that's the that's life uh and so a lot of that stuff is changing so as, you, as you, when you stepped into your role uh in the Minneapolis St Paul office again your company is Missouri based um does work in a number of states but but got a heavy concentration in and around his office so when you when you open you basically open that office for them
2: correct they did all
1: right and so the idea was: let's, we want we want somebody boots on the ground uh, that can uh, that can identify uh, opportunities, pursue opportunities, build clients, uh, build uh, build a workforce, uh, and serve our customers in the way that we want to, want to serve them. Um, what was what was the experience of of starting something? In many ways, starting something new, starting a, a brand new operation.
2: Uh, it was exciting, and it still is. That was the challenge that I saw that there's an opportunity in a market where we can expand and provide a good quality product and service, by working with the Codings limited values, which aligned with mine, and walking into that office, uh, as you mentioned that you and Steve would wonder, did I say that, did you say that? Um, from my first trip to that office, we had the same experience. Mm-hmm. We're saying the same things, we're talking the same lingo but we have the same goals. So coming into this market was just an extension of the company where I had the backing. Um, and then myself and some of the employees that have come on, we had the network that's there. Mm-hmm. We had the client base, we had the reputation. So the um, the excitement that that drive out there to, we're gonna do our first job. Then we're gonna you know have our first great month in sales. Uh, we're gonna get our first re- return business from a client. Um, although we knew the people and they knew us um, in the area, you're still new
3: mm-hmm.
2: so you're wearing a different hard hat. What can you do if things change? So the, um, the fun of that, the excitement, the, you know, the days can be long. And when I look around and say, Hey, uh, who's going to take care of and I kind of look around my office. I remember, Oh yeah, it's just me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you learn to, to be more self-sufficient, but, um, in my career, I, I did spend most of my career working in divisions or remote portions of the, you know, the country and doing out of town work. So that, that portion fit in pretty well,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but, but it's fun. It's fun to look back a little over a year later and say, hey, we're on track to do what our goals were. We're, you know, laying a good foundation. We're getting the calls. We're getting the, uh, the people to come on board. And, uh, a fun one has been. We're working with the training center and the union. A lot of conversations and how can we help uh, some of the committees? And then they're asking us, "What can they do for us?" So what can we do to work together and uh, make this work for everyone?
1: Good, good. Have you have you been successful in getting uh, getting apprentice uh, hires into your workforce?
2: Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, actually, we just brought one on last week. A brand new one, young man. Uh, looking forward to bringing this kid up through the ranks and giving him a path. He's a remote worker out in the remote part of this adjoining state wanted to try something different and uh, we we're really happy to have him getting him trained up and can't wait to watch him flourish.
1: Yeah. So so as we as we are having this conversation today um there there are still challenges out there everywhere. Uh, you know, we went, we went through the pandemic. No need to discuss that in detail. It, it was two-plus years of our lives that were uh, impacted per, in a permanent way, um, uh, e- even though, fortunately, in our industry, uh, we weren't shut down for extended periods of time. They were almost momentary. Uh, but then we had to do everything we could to figure out uh, what we needed to do in order to make our workers safe. In addition to dealing with all the uh, the basic traditional and uh, and expanding safety related requirements, uh, particularly in your segment of the of the of the industry dealing with coatings, mm-hmm. uh, which again has you know significantly greater amount of regulation requirements et cetera et cetera that you have to deal with. Um, your workforce right now—is it? Uh, can you profile it? You know, you know again, uh, not not numbers necessarily, but you know, in terms of gen, generationals uh, mix. You know, you know how many how many how many millennials are you still relying on? Uh, how many baby boomers? You know what what's your workforce kind of look like right now
2: that you're leading? I think my workforce is pretty diverse. I'll give it that, and we're we are intentionally recruiting. Um, the younger generation, whether they're journey workers or they're apprentices, but I myself, as I, I sit and look with you know, people of my age, that we don't have that many years left to trans- transition things over to a new leadership. So, what are we going to do? So, if we have people, let's let's bring them on and train them. Um, I would say the, the dip, most difficult workforce to recruit is between age 35 and 45. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest gap. And we would love to have them, but that that's a tough one to fill. that that's that gap in the trades. Uh, Do you think that
1: uh, I mean you, again, your segment of the industry is tough uh, it's It's incredibly hard work it's 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 uh, by by several factors even more dangerous than just traditional commercial painting or 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 even even traditional industrial painting versus coatings. It's just a, it's just a, it's a it's a it's a tough, tough industry. Um, is that is that is that a hard sell to try to get people to come in, given the nature of what the coatings world is all about?
2: Um, I don't feel it is that it's, I don't feel that it's been a detriment. I think we're up front. Um, there's a lot of pride in what we do. And that has to be part of your your path and your journey. We can help you get to the tasks. You know, learning the tasks, the certifications, and being competent in your job, Uh, but you have to take pride in what you do as well. And there is pride in knowing that some of these things are very difficult to do. But when you're done, the owners recognize it, the the contractors recognize it, and we as employers recognize it. And and I think one thing I've learned from Bob Swanson, and you can't say enough about the guy. Anyone who knows him, but Bob was a person who would get right in there. If you're on the job at night working and it's tough, Bob will come there. Mm -hmm. Bob will be by your side. He won't do your work, obviously, but he'll be there to support you. Mm -hmm. And I've always appreciated that and tried to carry that forward as well, that if we have a night crew going, um, we should be there to support them. Mm -hmm. We should be available. Um, If they're out of town, I I don't ask employees to do things that I won't do myself traveled my entire career so when I ask an employee to go on the road and spend time away from their family I know the hardships of it um, and I'm'm and I'm willing to be there as well and that's where Steve jr with codings limited has done the same this has been his life he's been there he's lived it part of the I think the good tie together and values of what we yeah. see
1: yeah how much of a, uh, of a uh, an issue um, uh, is are, are you facing as it relates to uh, what is a growing problem in our industry uh, having to do with mental health, addiction, suicide? Um, how how are you how are you carrying the message uh, about that, which really is, you know, it's 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 certainly about about our people. Um, and uh, it falls within the range of of uh, both, you know, inclusion in, in my terminology, but also it's a social justice matter. Um how, do you, how are you dealing with that every day is in a leadership role?
2: Um, I'm lucky that codings unlimited be, behind this 100%. We do weekly operational call-in meetings with field people, um, and Steve has been really at the forefront of putting out there the message that we have resources and we're here for you, or we can direct you. Now We may not be experts, but we can get you to the right people, and that's the message I carry forward to the to, uh, the field staff, that the uh, training center the upper Midwest and the DC82, which is our home local, have all the resources to help the people. And so mm-hmm. if, a, if a, uh, an employee, if it gets to me that they're down, if there's something going wrong or something's off, um, whether I ask or ask a supervisor to ask, tell them it's, it's okay not to be okay. And if they need help, let's help them. Let's get them there. Uh, they need a day off if they're having problems just be empathetic to this and help them through it don't make them forge through it on their own just give them resources to to help themselves
1: you've mentioned uh, both the the midwest uh, FTI midwest and also d c eighty two um, again they're they're also very visible on linkedin um, uh, postings by John Burkaw I, I think uh, you know what, what. What I see there is uh, is that you do have the benefit of uh, of an active partner uh, in uh, in both 82 and that training center. Uh, has that been your experience?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, John Burke uh, has just been welcoming with open arms to any discussion we want to have, any resources, any ideas we have, uh, and then to hear about which I really get. You know, I might be a bit of a nerd, but I get really excited when I hear about the opportunities that they're providing this future workforce. Whether it's the training or the um, the counseling or the PSEO programs, community outreach, really, really doing a great job getting out there, trying to bring on that next generation of workforce, which you know is my workforce. Yeah. Without them, I don't have people. Uh, so really excited and John's just hell of a leader yes he's a
1: he's an he's an interesting man Uh, (laughs) you know this is one this is one of those times it's it's unfortunate that this is a this is an audio uh Podcast, because otherwise I would be able to comment as I'm seeing you on the screen while we're having this conversation with your little goatee thing going on, and then of course I would compare that to to the uh, the, the massive quantity of uh, facial hair that our good friend uh, John Burkhall possesses. And I, and he'll, my guess is he's going to listen to this podcast. This will not be edited out. So, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is a good example of what I said at the outset. And I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Uh, but it all—it's—it's it's, it's all relating to people, both individually as well as collectively. Um, so, uh, and again, I'm, I think it's—I think it's—it's uh, it's interesting and, and and I hope instructive to, to listeners uh, to hear you know to, to hear a, you know a leader in an organization uh, a pretty a pretty good sized contracting company uh, doing business in a number of states. Uh, under a very uh, energetic and animated second or third generation uh, family member. Is it? Is it, are they, they, they were founded in like 1954,
2: I think? Is it? Yeah, the original company was in Steve Jr.'s third generation.
1: Third generation, uh, which is also something which is a characteristic of, of certainly uh, the finishing trades part of the construction industry, uh, and that is that uh, uh, there are there are there are few, relatively few companies that are very large companies. Um, many of them, uh, I would say, s- uh, the simple majority are either are either small and or privately held or family owned businesses, uh, and cer- so certainly uh, you know, coatings unlimited is is falls within that description. Does does that how does that how do you see that notion that this is a third-generation company? Um, connect the dots between that and this this observation that I've shared with you, uh, with regards to its leader uh, Steve um, being uh, being uh, you know really getting the idea of soft skills. How, how do you connect that to the roots of and, and the origins of our company?
2: Um, I think that the values of the family have really transpired through that those are some deep, deep core values into the roots of what's made them who they are.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And what attracted me to the company as well is that that, that family style. Uh, and, and you can take, many people take family business under a lot of different ideas, but the idea is that we all work for each other and, and work together through good and bad. Mm-hmm. And we will all have those bad times. So the, having a passionate leader Uh, in front of you just helps guarantee that we're here for the long haul we're going to work hard we're all going to pull through this together Uh, people make mistakes everybody does and we learn to you know get past those mistakes we want to learn from each other's mistakes and then we look forward to carrying this on to the next generation yeah whoever that might be
1: so my, my mentor, and, and uh, again, in my book, he wrote the foreword to the book, and I mention him fairly regularly when I give speeches. A guy named Steve Farber said uh, said a couple of interesting things. One, he said, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Um, and, and he also then most recently uh, wrote a book uh, that's entitled Love is Just Damn Good Business. Um, how do those two sets of phrases uh, relate to you. I mean, can, can you relate to the idea that love is good in business? That that you need to love what you do. Is that? Can you relate to that? And if so, how?
2: I can, um, and I, I have listened to the audio books from Steve, and I found it quite interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. The passion for what you do, love what you do. Uh, I I got to I have to say, Dennis, I, I kind of stumbled into this craft, and I love to ask people when I meet them who are in this business. How'd you get into it? Mm-hmm. And the, I think the best one I ever heard was, well, I fell in ass backwards. And I, I I can relate to that. It was something that came along and happened. And I was lucky enough to find that I really liked it. So I love what I do and I come to work every day and I'm excited to do it even through good times and bad. And if you do that and you share that passion with those around you, it'll grow. Mm-hmm. And their passions will grow on you. Mm-hmm. So as we spread that around, and we we promote the idea of being a team, being a group, and that we care about each other, I think that love will grow. And, you know, I grew up in an earlier generation where at the onset of my career in the trades, you didn't talk about love, you know, we punched each other in the arm and you called each other names, <laughs> um, but we've, we've grown past that. <laughs> and we can stand on job sites and we can talk about caring. We can talk about people and helping. So taking that and then running with it. And then as personally as I grew, my career moved along. I found more reward in helping others. I can bid a job. I can sell a job. And that's a lot of fun. But what's been the most fun is watching people around me who were asking for help and then helping them set a development plan and give them the opportunity to flourish on what they're good at. And with that, I surely didn't know very little and I can prove that given enough time, but getting people into a skills assessment or an opportunity for them to show you or demonstrate what they've been good at, what they love and plant some seeds and water them and watch them grow. And that's the fun. And I think that's where we really share the love and build that team and build the Is helping others achieve. So as we that are probably reach the apex of their, our careers, are looking to watch other people grow and and get the same enjoyment and fun and pass that trade on to others.
1: Yeah. We're getting close to the end of our time together, unfortunately, but I want to ask you an easy question. And this may be our closing question. If I were to ask someone who knew you very well to give me three or four statements or words that describe why they view you as a great leader, what would they say?
2: I actually had someone say this when I left my previous job. And I asked that. I said, so what did I do moving forward? I want to know. And they said, well, Pat, you know, some people will tell you to run through the gates of hell. You kick the door open and go in first. And we'll follow you in. And I took that as, you know, hmm. And to think about it, I, I guess that does sum up how I want to be looked at, too, that I'm willing to do the job as well. I'm willing to be there with you. At time, you have to stand on your own, but we're all going to do this together, and I'm going to give you the tools to succeed.
1: Very good. Darn, that's a pretty good way to end. That's well said. Pat, it's been a delight to see you. You know, Thank goodness for this technology that we can actually see each other. Not sure about the added uh, hair growth on the chin, but uh, <laughs>
3: you know, I just, uh,
1: I'm not going to play hardball with you on that. But I'm grateful for the, for the time you took. I'll look forward to hearing your boss's feedback on this conversation. I'm sure he'll enjoy listening to it and it'll reaffirm why he brought you onto his team for sure. You are you are a great leader. And again, it was very easy for me to write the words I wrote about you where I described you as a guy that gets soft skills because you do. You. And, and I can remember specifically the kind of the place that, that it was all very much cemented for me. And that's when you had a group of your guys at the time when you were still with Swanson and Youngdale and you joined them in a two day training program that I delivered at DC 82. And the way you interacted with them and also the way you chimed in when we talked about the soft skills topics that were contained in that two-day program, it was very, very clear to me. And it was that day that I, in my mind, I said, this guy gets this stuff. And as long as you continue to get it, it's going to bode well for your future as a growing leader. And I wish you all the best of what you do and look forward to seeing you in person sometime, maybe soon, yeah. who knows?
2: Well, thank you, Dennis. The times where I did sit through your, your sessions, it was, just good added information and kind of an affirmation of what the other leaders and mentors I've had say. And to hear this out now being spoken and produced out there publicly, that this is our industry and this is how we're gonna succeed by taking care of each other, Mm -hmm. by learning to communicate, work well. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you too, hopefully uh, sometime in the near future.
1: Yeah, well, definitely not in the middle of winter. You're not gonna come up
2: in January?
1: No, oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Pat, thank you
2: so much. All right, Take care. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at dennisdurandspeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran.
1: Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.